this past week here in the state of Texas, where I happen to live, we just got the news that the process of reopening the state for business is about to begin. So along with all of the other businesses and restaurants and establishments that have been shut down for the past couple of months, church leaders who have scrambled to find new ways to continue worshiping and doing mission classes, gatherings and the like, they're preparing to reopen as well. Some of them never shut down, to be honest, but most churches did and had to figure a new way to be the church. But what kind of world are these churches reopening to? Is it possible to return to what they were doing before? What will be different? What has changed? Is it too much to imagine that things will ever be the same? And is that necessarily a bad thing? This has been the focus of this particular series that we've entitled Church After Corona. What does the church look like in the new world that has been created? Welcome to the Pastor Cast. In today's Pastor Cast, we're going to continue the conversation that I've been having with uh, Pastor Joe Lindorf from Lake Mary, Florida, as we talk about all of the things that are going to be different, the things that churches need to be doing in the future. So we'll pick that conversation up where we left off the last time. So I think, uh, you know, part of this whole process that I've discovered, you know, in addition to all these other things, um, is that we've started having some folks um, that have kind of come out of the woodwork, so to speak, um, that have been like, hey, uh, I can help with this, or I can help with that, or I have an idea. You know, I mean, it's always that way in church to a certain extent. Right. But one of the things I think that's, that's happened here is that we've had to really rely on sort of the creativity of our congregation um, and, you know, so for example, we have a, we have a woman who's, well, she's one of our elders, uh, but she's like this incredible yoga instructor and meditation guide and does all these incredible things. And, uh, she said, Hey, I'll do a Facebook live event from the church, you know, on the church page. Um, so we gave her control over that. And she goes on Wednesdays at 12 and does a whole guided meditation for like 45 minutes with stretching and yoga and all that stuff. And I was thinking to myself, why haven't we done this before? Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, we have a uh, young, we have another person that's like doing all this, this writing and she's like, she's, a, you know, she's a writer. So she's doing all this writing and doing a blog. And I mean, you know, so it's like all this untapped sort of potential that lies within your congregation, you know, what ends up happening on, a, on when everything was like normal is you end up working with like the same 40, 50 people all the time. And, yep. you know, you always tap the same folks because they're the ones that are, you know, and so this is kind of, I think, encourages us to unleash the power of the creativity within your congregation. So you, you're into this already and you're, you're actually doing more than, than we do, but the, the whole, like we're doing right now, we're zooming this conversation. Yep. So there were groups that weren't doing this at all. And mm -hmm. so, and I had, again, I was mentioning the, the, the more senior folk that don't want to, because we reach into multiple counties. And, and so I've got people that live on the other side of the St. John's River. A lot of people, there's probably 50, 50 people that live on the other side of the river, which doesn't sound like a long ways away, but <laughs> for them, it's a bit to travel. And so they, uh, they don't want to travel for the evening meetings. And they, they, you know, I can hear the grief in their voices too be it alpha or the disciple course or whatever we're doing, you know, uh, they want to be there. They can't do it. They don't want to do the drive at night and I get it. So 
we've always looked for a way, guys, like, it'd be great to have them in. And this forced us to jump ahead. So now the Zoom meetings talk about creativity. Uh, the Zoom meetings are happening everywhere. And we have a men's group that meets on Thursday morning at 630. So that thing has actually expanded <laughs> because now there, there's, there's a particular fella that had this, has basically, man, almost a complete back fusion. So many vertebrae fused, he could barely walk. And uh, he's, he's been out of the loop for six months, right? We don't see him. He can't get up. He, can't, he just can't make his body go that much in, early in the morning. He can't sit through worship. He's joining us on Zoom. So he's reconnected, right? He's reconnected in a way he wasn't connecting with before. So the, the Zoom things are that kind of using that kind of technology, which we would, we would sit around and wait for you to come to us before. You know, come on meeting, come on to the Bible study and, and get disappointed if there weren't more people there. So I'm, probably some hybrid of this is what I see in the future. You know, people still, some people want to come to the church, but, but, don't limit it to that, you know, have it, have it be expanded to get these other folks. Some of the other, the, the bit of creativity is coming a funny way is it's mostly creativity out of the lockdown. So people can't come to church. They don't know what to do. We started doing these dinners I told you about earlier. So we're doing the, it's not tech in a way, <laughs> uh, but, but it, it has, it spawned out of this, as you know, we've got to reach beyond. How do we reach beyond people? They can't come to us. So uh, we come up with this idea of dinners. Well, I get talking with another fellow in the church. He's like, man, we want to do some dinners. And now that people can't, uh, the, all the feeding programs for the homeless have shut down, right? So we come up with this Easter, um, <laughs> for Easter. So since we, we pre-recorded our Easter services for a lot of reasons. So uh, it, you're doing everything live, I know. And some of ours are live and some of ours are pre-recorded. So we pre-recorded Easter. That meant we had a group of us because it was pre-recorded and it was being, I had somebody over here, you know, uploading it at the time. We all went to downtown Sanford and we did a feeding of 500 people um, in the homeless camps, which was really cool. So it's not exactly tech didn't do that, but it sure allowed us. <laughs> it allowed us opportunity to try something brand new that we would not have tried or never would have even engaged because of Easter, right? Right. Easter's sacred. We can't touch it. Well, once Easter for us was not going to be a live event here, uh, it allowed us to think out of the box. So that's different kind of creativity than what you talked about, but it, it spawned out of it. You know, um, you and I were talking before we started this conversation of recording it, you know, we were talking nuts and bolts about like equipment and the things right. that we, you know, that you already installed that you need to do better. I was talking about how we've got a whole bunch of things that we need to do better um, because, you know, we're realizing, Hey, on the other side of this, um, people are going to be relying on that a whole lot more than they used to. Um, and a lot of those people that used to not come to worship um, that discovered that now you're online um, they're going to be joining you online now, you know, and, you know, being able to have that, the, to embrace the technology, to embrace Zoom meetings. We, we just did, um, we just had a team night where we have all of our committees come together. Um, and then because of the way that Zoom works, we were able to break out into the individual yeah. committee meetings. <laughs> and then everybody came back together at the end of it. And we had a, we did our, we did a regular team night meeting where we did all the things that we usually do. Um, you know, and I'm getting ready to do, um, 
uh, class, a Holy Land virtual tour and, and class. I've, I've got like 70 people signed up on just yeah. on the church side. Um, that doesn't mean, I don't, I don't know who's going to show up on the regular Zoom. There's no way I would have been able to get 70 people to come to a class. Yeah. Maybe yeah. 30 if I was lucky, you know. Um, and then by the time <laughs> the class was winding down, I'd have like 10. Um, but this is an opportunity. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It's like all of a sudden, boom, you know, your, your reach uh, just got better. That's it. That, okay, so you want to get down to, you know, I've always been big on on the early church and how did the early church do it? Or you want to go even back to uh, the old book called The Master Plan of Evangelism. I don't know if you ever read that one. So uh, yeah. it outlines out Jesus's style. What, is, what are the things that he did, right? One, two, three, four. And reach, they don't call it reach, but it is, right? It's reach. And that you know goes back to my roots in young life. Don't wait till they come to you. Reach out to them. So my phone's going off. Let me turn it off. So, no uh, <laughs> so that that's that's the big thing here about the technology. I, it's blown me away. The, our reach. I, I was telling you the figures. Our reach has doubled. Right. So it's doubled in three weeks. Our reach has doubled. How do we? We sit. Churches sit around. I go. You know. We go to the committee meetings. We go to the presbytery meetings. Our church is dying. What do we do? What do we do? We can't get anybody in the door. And I'm like, man, Corona, the coronavirus. Boom. My reach just doubled of Mark and Woods Presbyterian Church at least by a factor of two. At least, if oh, not. I I completely agree. We were blown away. Like I was thinking to myself, I'm like, we could never get. Like I mean. You know, I've got about 700 and change of members. We, we run about 50 to, if we're lucky, 60% of that on, right. a, on a Sunday. Um, and man, I'm, I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then the views, like the continued views afterwards, like get up into the thousands. You know, right, because right. People are sharing it. They're looking at it. You know, they're going back. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's nuts. It so, is nuts. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, you talk about if you don't, if you don't pump this stuff up, the, the, here's the good word for people that are on the edge of whether to do this or not. So we, we, we talked about, you and I talked about, we just spent a ton of money to upgrade our stuff because it was not good. It, we, we could not compete in the online, you know, uh, forum. We couldn't do it. Uh, it was, mm -hmm. it was a product. And I'm big on, you know, if you come to our worship, you're going to get a, what I call is an excellent worship experience. I'm bringing every excellence that I have, everything I, I could put together into that experience, but we weren't doing it online. It was, it was terrible. And so we were, I was actually embarrassed by it, but so I said, okay, we got to do this thing. And people go, Oh, look at all the money. But now no one's talking about what it costs. Now you're a freaking genius. <laughs> now, now, now they're saying, what, what do you need to make it better? What else do you need? Yeah. And so, you know, so that's another kind of reach, you know, you, I know you want to talk probably about giving and stuff, but th that reach, I don't even have to solicit that, that, that they go, wow, look at this, look what we were able to do just by increasing the tech in the way we did. And we would never have, you know, now I'm thinking going even different ways than before because of what I'm seeing, what we're able to do. And if, if the reach of the which can go out. And I don't know this, I'm going to throw this one out and let you roll with it. So I don't know how it is for you, but when I work hours and hours and hours of study and putting a message together and crafting it, right? Crafting it so that it is, it, 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 it does justice to the gospel and you get up there to preach and you realize, you know, 
less than half of your congregation's hearing it. And you go, man, or maybe it's a low Sunday. So maybe it's the Sunday after Easter, right? And you got a quarter of your congregation is present. You still put in crafted that. You still spent time kind of listening to God speak. And then you go, where do those words go? You know, it's like, so th the cool bit is for me is, man, I, that all that work, somebody, you know, at least somebody's going to get to hear it. If God yeah. is using me to create that message, it's not being limited just because they weren't in the building. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think, um, you know, so we had, we just had our low Sunday, right? So low Sunday was this past week. Um, and by our estimations on a low Sunday, you know, we probably had close to 500 people watching live. That was the people that were watching live. Um, that doesn't count, you know, the folks that'll watch it later that, you know, right. like all those views and all that stuff. Um, I mean, to get 500 people to come to a low Sunday. I mean, it's never happened at our church. I mean, that's, no. you know, we'll get 200. Well, we usually have one service. We'll go down to one service uh, because we know it's going to be a low Sunday and we'll get, you know, 250 people, 300 people, maybe. Um, so, you know, the, that has definitely something that's changed. And kind of, I guess, segueing into your giving question, you know, because people, as it become, you know, as they're starting to realize they can still be invested, still be engaged and be there virtually, um, you know, what we're discovering is that giving has absolutely, you know, had, had to change as well, you know, because um, I don't know if you experience it too, but I, I, we still have folks that, um, you know, they're, they're asking like, well, how do I drop my check off at the church? Right. So on the one hand, I'm really pleased. Thank you for writing your check and wanting to drop it off at the church. But the other problem I have is like, Hey, there's no one there. <laughs> you can put it in the mailbox, but you know, the, so, you know, that has, has got to change as well. You know, like having people be able to give uh, quickly, easily. Um, and, you know, then also to be able to figure out ways uh, for them to, um, to be connected to mission and so forth and missional giving as well, right. which is, which has all got to change too. So our, here's how it happened for us. So we, we, not only did we upgrade the, the equipment in the sanctuary, we also changed, we just, all this happened, this happened a week and a half before Corona hit. So <laughs> we had all this new equipment, equipment we've never used before. We just switched over to a brand new website. So we have the new website. We have the online, get all the buttons. It's all, oh, yeah. But, you know, so few people were doing it. It's like we went to all this trouble and the on, still people are a little bit kind of we want to do it when we come to worship or like or mail it in once a month or however you do it. So few people were actually doing our online giving with this. Boom. OK, overnight, the online giving exploded. And now people because now they've got a taste. I call it this taste. You get a taste of of what it's like to watch uh, the virtual worship, or you get a taste of what it's like to, you can give even on vacation, <laughs> go to the website. I can still, the church doesn't have to have a, sur a, a surplus fund set aside for what we call the doldrums of the summer when giving goes yeah. down. I know churches that take loans out over the summer because the oh, gift yeah. is down when public worship is down. So it's like, that that would have never happened. You know, I, I talked about uh, the blessings. I think I did it. I think I did this in a little devotional I posted the other day about how God can take 
what was meant for bad can bring something good out of it. You know, the old scripture about that. So I'm talking about that, but it's it, something really good came out of this for us is that people got exposed to the online giving and they jumped on it in a way it, it might've taken us five years to get there. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm in a little bit of a, a, a different context just because I mean, my congregation is probably just because of where I'm at, it's a little bit right. younger. Um, right. But there were a lot of there were a lot of people that were giving online, doing recurring giving, giving electronically, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we have seen an uptick uh, in the folks who were still, you know, writing checks. Although my dad, uh, who's a member of my church and he's a deacon, he has a key, so he goes over and dutifully drops his check off. <laughs> and I have another elder that does the same thing. He'll sneak in on Sunday mornings. I can see him come in, and you know, he'll drop his check off and. But, you know, for the most part, I think, yeah. you know, people are, you know, they've made that transition. And so churches right. that are not able to do that, whether it's text to give, which we do, uh, whether it's, you know, online giving through the, the church or, you know, however we, you know, we, we've got it all set up, whether they can do all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, it makes, a, it makes a big difference, I think, in your finances generally. And this is something if churches can't figure this out uh, going forward, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna right. to whoop them. Right. I think about, you know, you think about the, the, the mom and pop stores, how being shut down like this, these, I, I'm, my big, my big uh, sadness is in grieving is I don't think some of these people's businesses are going to come back. Like some stuff's not going to be like it was, I get it. And it's sad. And but if you expand that into the church, the, the churches that have been just barely hanging in there, maybe they've hung on to, what I call the old school, you know exactly what I mean when I say it, the old school way, right? You can't really embrace too much change or new because that's like, you know, that's, that's uh, heretical, right? <laughs> Heresy to do that. Uh, I'm afraid some of those churches are going to, are going to just get kind of culled out of this thing because they're not able, to, because of their own, their own, uh, uh, abilities right even even abilities to do the tech or financial ways to to jump into it are going to get left behind which means they may disappear it, it's very possible i was having this conversation with my associate pastor she's been on the com she's like on the um she's like the you know kind of the, the liaison for like the austin pastors for the presbytery in our area and i mean we were having this conversation and she was she was you know, like, like me said, you know, some of these places are, are done for, you know, some of these churches are, they're just, they're just not able to come back, you know, um, they can't pay the pastors now. Um, you know, our presbytery is doing a stimulus package, uh, you know, that is interesting. I mean, you know, people that it'll, but it's only going to stave off the inevitable if they can't figure out how to, to move. And I think that, kind of segues into the next uh, sort of topic, which is dexterity. And, you know, that's something that in the Presbyterian world is, is not been a value. <laughs> we were predestined uh, yeah. to stand still predestined. Yeah. To oh God. Predestined to do it the way we've always done it. Yes. And, uh, you know, I used to always joke uh, to people that we do things decently in order, which just is a short way of, or is a longer way of saying we do it slowly. Um, and so I think the ability to pivot quickly 
and to right. react uh, to the culture around you, to react to the changes and react to disruptions, um, that's going to be a value. That is, is going to have to be a value of churches that are going to make it. Because if you can't pivot quickly, you're going to lose. And I think that was one of the, the best compliments that, that we got um, when this whole thing broke. Um, and we started, we like immediately, like my whole staff, we like sprang into action. You know, now we're in the middle of this and it's kind of been a drag, but right, at the beginning, right. it was super invigorating, right? We're like, yeah, you know, so we like jump in and we're doing all that. One of, the, one of our church members who's like, I totally respect it, said, it feels like you guys had a plan for this. And, and what I can point back to was the fact that we had a whole bunch of people, including elders, including, you know, my staff, including a lot of people that were like, okay, let's go. You know, like, what do we need to do? Right. Um, right. You know, right. quickly move on a session meeting to make some decisions and call it and do it via Zoom. Yes, let's do that. Boom. Um, and so <clears throat> the stuff that used to take freaking forever and some of the churches that I've served in the past, um, you know, to just come to a decision and try to figure things out. I mean, the, the ones that are able to stick and move and go, I mean, those are the ones that are going to be able to thrive in the new environment that we're going to be living in. You're right. De that dexterity is that's, that's the right word. It's, it's funny. I, sometimes I go back to my old days in young life In young life, you never knew what was going to happen. You had a plan. <laughs> But you had to be flexible. Man, the bus broke down on New Year's Eve and we're at a truck stop with 80 kids and the drunk truck drivers are in there. Not all truck drivers are drunk, by the way, but the drunk driver, they were at that place. The drunk ones were there that night. The drunk <laughs> ones were there. And so you got to be flexible and hey, this is the greatest ever. So it's funny that you should say that, Leon. It's exactly how I felt. When this hit, it was like, boom, I got excited. Maybe it's a personality type that some guys yeah. love to have. I use guys as meaning a general term for people, but some people, they, they, they thrive in this stuff, like grab hold of it, man, make it go. And that's exactly what you said. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, man, okay, let's go. Let's do this. And, and it's the same thing here. And people were, I didn't get that response, but people were so overwhelmed. They said, God, I can't believe y'all were able to do all this. And, you know, we did the, the feedings. We've done three of them now, but did the worship and all that. They had never seen us do anything at that level. We were working toward it, right? There wasn't, wasn't totally nowhere, but um, there was something cool about being able to, to be that flexible and and cut a few corners okay let's just say it like it is okay and and i don't know that all a few of my elders might have been left out of the loop because you're making these quick decisions but yeah. it, it kind of takes some of that how we have to pump the brakes so much in our system so but it was great to be able to say oh man you know we're doing something man this is a mission man. we're on a mission we're going to get this thing done that I, I ditto man i felt exactly like that yeah um, I mean, it's, it's just been, you know, it's been a, an interesting sort of lesson, I think, that is something that we can now draw on. Um, because you can always go back and say, remember when the crisis, you know, we did this, like we moved quickly, we were able to, to you know, um, and those kind of things are, are super important. I mean, there are some things that have come more slowly to us, you know, as we navigate here in my context, uh, there's a tremendous amount of anxiety uh, in Austin about people being out and doing stuff. 
Um, you know, so we've got some folks who are like, let's go out and do stuff. And then I've got the majority of my congregation saying, no, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's not patriotic to go out and do stuff. It's not being right. a good Christian to go out and do stuff. Right. So, right. you know, we're, we're trying to navigate that. Now that has been slow. Uh, but, um, it's, it's been slow on purpose, you know, because, you know, I, whereas lots of people are saying we need to do the other things that we've been able to do, the other missions, the other, all those things have happened quickly, you know? And so generally the, the congregation has been, you know, like, so I, I guess dexterity is something that is going to be a huge value for us, but you know, you have to also know when to, to be able to slow down to a certain extent, you know, so that you don't get too far ahead of your people and, you know, get too right. far ahead of it. But man, right. I tell you what, um, this, this has been fairly amazing to see uh, even our denomination kind of start figuring some things out pretty quickly, which I think, you know, that's, that is a minor miracle in itself uh, for them to start, you know, being, you know, forward thinking um, and say, boom, you know, let's, let's change this. Let's, yeah. you know, let's fix this tradition that we've been holding on to forever right. so that we can be in a new reality. Exactly. You know, when you, when you talked about uh, dexterity, the dexterity was a result of the urgency, right? Mm -hmm. Urgency created, you know, those are going to be able to spin on the dime are going to spin and those that can't were, are going to be stuck, right? So, you know, I, I've thought about this in the church and maybe this is a, a tie into where you want to go, but um, I, I did a sermon once here called, uh, it was, well, it was about urgency. It, it, the whole thing was about urgency. I started thinking about if the gospel message is so important, if, if Jesus tells us to go out and spread this word to the ends of the earth, and we believe it so wholeheartedly, right, that this thing, this thing we call faith in Christ and our relationship with God is so important, why aren't we more urgent about it, right? Why aren't we more urgent about it? So yeah. the, the dexterity you talked about is because we felt the church, the slowest moving snail, right? The church so slow moving, at least in some of the denominations, uh, we were able to act on the urgency very quickly. And I, that, that's the one thing I, I want to keep in this somehow. How do, we, how do we keep that urgency of what we're trying to be the church? So that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to be the church when the building shuts down. Right? How do you be the church when the building shuts down? Right? Absolutely. So we, that's what you're talking about. All of this is a result. So the dexterity came because of we felt the urgency. So I, I don't know how that goes forward with the whole spiritual development. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the idea of, of the I like the idea of urgency, you know, kind of as a as an ethos, right, to just kind of hold on to that sense of that, because I think, honestly, that's the thing that drives you know, the evangelical conservative wing of the church, um, you know, you and I both kind of came out of that uh, environment, you know, the more evangelical kind of side of things. Um, and the urgency that, that we had in those days and in that culture was that you had to share the gospel, right? You had to go out and share the good news. When I say gospel, I mean, I, it's a loaded term. Right. Um, because, uh, you know, but that's what, that's the terminology that we use. We had to go talk right. about Jesus to people. Right. So, um, you know, I think that um, regardless of whether, whether I agree with, you know, aspects of their theology or not, the evangelical kind of side of things, that still is driving them, which makes them innovate, right? They're constantly trying to innovate 
so that they can, you know, share the good news. Um, now, unfortunately, you know, what, what I think is, you know, is that uh, some of the things that they would consider good news are not good news for everybody. Uh, right. But uh, that's, that's something that I think in, in, in our particular context, I think we've got good theology. I think we've got, you know, there's a certain, there's a, you know, it depends on where you go, but I mean, you know, I'm in a much more progressive uh, congregation. Um, but even so, you know, we are, we have room and we have space for everybody. Um, you know, everybody's included. Um, and that's not something that a lot of people know. <laughs> so there's a sense of urgency that we have to really tell people like, Hey, you know, God is for you. Uh, no matter who you are, no matter where you came from, that kind of thing. Um, so I right. think that this, that, you know, that's going to be the key to leaders, I think is being able to continue to say, yeah, we had a sense of urgency before because of a crisis, but we're still in crisis, you know, the right. world is still in crisis. Ab absolutely. Ab you just made my point. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I understood it. So um, the last thing I want to talk about really quickly is um, the idea of empowering people to assume responsibility for their spiritual growth. And so that's kind of what's had to happen now. Um, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've had lots of people that have been asking me, like, what can I read? What can I do? What can I be doing while I'm stuck? You know, and so I've been given a lot of advice on, you know, here's some things. And I started working on that, you know, like trying to do some, develop some tools. Right. Um, there's lots of tools out there. There's resources out there. But, um, you know, I think that's something that a lot of churches and a lot of pastors and church leaders have been reluctant uh, to do is to just is empower people to say, hey, you need to you need to do this yourself, um, you know, because, you know, we kind of like the idea of, of them coming to us, you know, to, to go to our classes and do our Bible studies and do our things. And what do you call that job security? Is that what they say? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't mean that our job is let is any, you know, is, is less secure if they, right. if we're empowering them, it just means that, you know, the way that we approach it is a little bit different. You know, and so to me, I think that's something I'm learning through this is that if you give people the resources and you, um, you know, you're able to, to kind of stay connected to them in a certain way. But if you give people the resources, if you work through that and you, and you make sure that they understand that there's an openness on your end for questions and, uh, and so forth. In fact, I just, um, my, our, my associate pastor and I just did two events with our, our youth um, which were Q and a, which was ask us anything. And so the questions we got there were questions, honestly, that I think most of the congregation, uh, have. Right. Um, right. so, you know, being able to realize, Oh, I can come and talk to them. I can ask them any question. Um, but then I'm also responsible for my, I can't just go to the church for all of my needs and think that, you know, I'm going to get them all met on Sunday, or even if I go to just a one Bible study a month or something like that, this has got to be a lifestyle, you know, it's got to be a thing that I'm doing all the time. So I don't know if that resonates with you at all. Well, yeah, it does in one, <laughs> it does, it gets me on my soapbox, but <clears throat> sermon uh, length, message length is an issue, right? <clears throat> yes. So, so when you have people, I'm a, I'm a 28 to 30 minute guy. <laughs> so, and you know, and I know that in the Presbyterian system, uh, you, you know, anything over about 18, people start getting antsy, right? So yeah. I, I had somebody, you know, I had somebody question me about, and I'm, I'm about where you are. I, I'm about at 26, I think is my average. I, I have on occasion hit that, 
that half hour mark. Uh, <laughs> didn't know it at the time. So, but I, here's my response. It was, you know, you, you guys have the world speaking to you every day, tw- uh, you know, 20, 25, 20, let's say that's tw- 23 point whatever hours a day, the world speaks to you. I said, I get to talk to you for 25 to 30 minutes once a week. You cannot, number one, if that's all I have, that's valuable to me and I need to make the most of it. But I do say, if that's all you're getting, if you're counting for your whole spiritual development to happen, and this gets back to the virtual stuff, if you're, if you're counting for your whole spiritual development to happen in that 25 to 30 minute message, you, I'm going to fail you because I can't be enough. Okay. I can't give you enough of that. And I can't possibly get into it. And I know why you and I preach as long as we do. When you're breaking scripture down, if you're really breaking that down in, in, in a, in a, uh, with integrity, you can't do that in 15 minutes. It's not going to happen, right? So uh, I tell them, number one, you need to be in other things. You need to be involved. And I would say you need to come to more than just worship. So this gets back to your virtual and gets back to people's responsibility. There've got to be other ways that they they, if you put all your eggs in the basket of worship is the only place you're going to grow your spiritual faith, it is an outgrowth of your faith. It's not the only place you're going to grow it. Yep, absolutely. Um, it's, I don't know if you've, um, if you've read any uh, of Pete Rollins, Peter Rollins uh, stuff, but um, he has a whole riff that he does uh, when he speaks live. He's a kind of a, he's an Irish, uh, you know, theologian, author, speaker, thinker, philosopher kind of guy. So one of the, he likened the church to a crack house, which is really, <laughs> really hard to hear when I first heard that when I was listening to him one time. But he was like, yeah, this is it. This is where people come to get their fix. Right. Um, you know, they right. Come and get their fix. And, you know, so I, I mean, I get it when people come and tell me, you know, like they'll be on the way out the door and like, oh, I feel so great. I needed this to get me through the week. Um, but I, whenever they say that, I know what they're saying. But whenever they right. say that, I hear Pete in my head going crack house because <laughs> I'm like, you know, you got to, his whole point right. was you got, you got to get them off of that mentality and make it something that's every day. The, the, if you get people to a point where they don't need to go to church because they feel like they need it um, right. as opposed to it comes out of an outpouring of like, right. I want to be there because I, I desire to be in worship. I desire that that's where you need to get to. And I think that doesn't happen unless people are doing things you know, in their homes, on their own, their own spiritual practices, those kind of things. So Right. I, I know you don't want to get all too deep theologically and ecclesiastical, but, you know, it's the whole Catholic thing. If you don't go to church, I'm going to, my sins won't be forgiven today. You know, I, I didn't yeah. I have the Eucharist. So I haven't made my confession and received the Eucharist. Therefore, I'm not forgiven. Therefore, I'm, I'm, I'm so broken. And it's, you know, Right. So you, we, to get away from that, worship is a response. You said it right. It's the response, right? It's response out of our faith. It's not only the way we build our faith. That, and, and I don't know where that message ever, I don't know how we learned that, but we've certainly learned it, right? And oh, yeah. one thing I've learned out of this, doing, you do more of this than I do, but it's forced me to do it, um, are the, the devotionals, right? I know you, mm-hmm. you do of those online devotionals and, and like I've seen some of the live stuff you've been doing. Um, so I started posting more of my little devotionals midweek. I never did that because, you know, it's, it's, it's a big church, not as big as yours, but we're super active, right? So I'm busy mm-hmm. time. 
and uh, I'm on the go. And uh, so just to sit down and do those things. But so this forced me talk about going backward to dexterity. It forced me to do something new, which is do these little videos. And they're really not hard to do. But what I have found is people take that little bit. And so like you, you might quote a little scripture and give them a little nugget. But then they can take that and they can chew on that for the rest of the day. And, and what I found, people are saying, man, that stuff's really helpful. And so it's, it's not exactly going to, totally what you're talking about, but it's telling them they can grow apart from being in the worship, right? Mm -hmm. there, are other, there are other ways to do that, to hear, to hear a word and dig into it and then apply that in your own life. So I guess I'm hitting about halfway of what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, I started doing those daily devos about five years ago, <clears throat> and uh, sometimes it's really hard to do. You know, it's a little easier now, <laughs> but, um, you know, I got to tell you, man, you know, the reach on those has grown and grown and grown and grown, and people forward them, and then now the live thing. I don't honestly, because I've been, I've been doing Facebook Live at 9 a.m. every day, Monday through Saturday. Now, the Saturday I'm going to dump uh, when all this is over because I'm going to need a break. Um, but, uh, I tried something new this past Saturday. I didn't write anything. I just got up and I just went on and spoke and I'm like, Oh yeah, I like this. Um, but the Monday through Friday I've continued writing and, um, but I'm going to have a hard time not doing the, the Facebook live things. I've got like a, there's a group of people that are following it now and they're like, they're like, you're going to keep doing this, aren't you? Yeah. Like, oh, by by the way, by the way, I, 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 by the way, I see some of my people following it. So cut that out. All right. <laughs> Oh yeah, because we shared the folks that went to Israel. Yeah, some of them are Facebook friends. Uh, yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah. I'm checking them out. <laughs> well, good news. The good news is they can't come to my church. Yeah. <laughs> but if they start sending their pledge over that way, then you might hear from me. Man, this has been a great conversation, um, and uh, I'm I'm so grateful for you taking the time. Um, to to sit down and talk about these things. I mean, they're super important. I think it's stuff that we're going to need to really be thinking about uh, as as hopefully this comes to an end very soon <laughs> is what I'm hoping and praying for. So thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Pastor Cast. Uh, the next couple of episodes, we'll be uh, doing an interview with uh, Reverend Mario Bolivar, uh, who is the pastor of the First Presbyterian Church of Eustis in Central Florida. And uh, Mario's um, got his finger on the pulse of all of the new technological advances and has been for some time. Uh, he's serving in an older congregation, a more traditional congregation in many ways, uh, in a small town in central Florida. And so he has a lot to say about how the church within that particular context can uh, be different as well. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. We'll have a couple of podcasts with, uh, with uh, Pastor Mario. And uh, we'll continue this conversation, The Church After Corona. Uh, it's a conversation worth having. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon.